on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Annex Wealth Management and sponsored by Boucher Automotive, Town Bank, a Windrest Community Bank, and Delta Dental, Wisconsin's number one dental plan. Five, four, Atlanta leads. Smith deals, strike three, looking, and this one is over. The Atlanta Braves riding the home run bat of Freddie Freeman and the closing of Will Smith make it stand up. Final tonight, Braves five, Brewers four, Atlanta is moving on. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee with Jerry Augustine. Here's Matt Pauley. That did not exactly go the way that we thought it was going to go. Brewers lose to Atlanta 5-4. They lose the NLDS three games to one. The season is over. A season where the Brewers were legitimate World Series contenders. The season's done. A very disappointing finish to the year. Two things can be true. It's an accomplishment to be a postseason club. You don't take anything away from that. But it's also an incredibly, incredibly, incredibly disappointing finish to the season. Yeah. We're here for you. We'll take your phone calls. We'll take your text messages. We'll take your tweets. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, that is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, so call or text 855-616-1620, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We are going till at least 10 o'clock. We will go longer if need be, if we uh, have a lot of folks who want to continue to uh, have a conversation about what's going on. Uh, I'm still, to be perfectly honest and blunt with you, I'm still trying to kind of wrap my hands around this game uh, and what went wrong. For, again, offensively, you like the fact that they actually scored four runs compared to the fact that they hadn't scored any runs in the last two games. But they really, they had one inning. They had one inning where they kind of had things going. And that was when they scored two runs in the fourth, and then they got another rowdy Telez home run in the fifth inning. I thought Eric Lauer was perfectly fine. I think we can actually argue whether or not he should have come out of the game at the moment that he came out. He got himself into a little bit of trouble. Sometimes in those situations you allow a pitcher to try to work himself out of trouble, and if you if you allow him to work himself out of trouble there, maybe the rest of the bullpen usage the rest of the day looks a little bit different. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to key in on the 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 you know the the turning point in this game and maybe that's it maybe in the fourth inning when Eric Lauer was pulled does he deserve the opportunity to go deeper into the game based upon the way he was pitching in that moment I think that's a that's a legitimate question uh, certainly to ask look you Josh Ader has been as good as any pitcher in baseball for a really long time. It's been a long time since he's given up uh, runs, a long time since he's given up a home run, gives up a home run today to a really good hitter at the worst possible time. Uh, but he was put in that situation largely because the Brewers were not able to uh, score a few more runs. They don't take advantage of Charlie Morton on short rest uh, more than they did, the two runs and three and a half thirds. So we got a lot to get into. 
Uh, let's bring in former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. Augie and I were together at the restaurant to be named later, not that long ago. We were planning on doing the show from there, and uh, this game got to a point where it was going so long, it became clear that we probably weren't going to have time if we didn't want the entire staff at the restaurant to be named later to be hanging out with us till late, 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 late into the night. But, Augie, uh, before we went our separate ways, I looked at you and said, I'm a little uncomfortable with this game being tied up late because all of a sudden, if it's a tie game late, it becomes a very random thing. And a Freddie Freeman home run off of Josh Hader in many ways is a random occurrence, but that random occurrence ends up being the difference in this game. Yeah, especially, you, you know, you talk about this Atlanta Brave team, uh, uh, second in major leagues as far as hitting home runs, playing at home, uh, that feeling that you have when the score is tied late in the ball game. I still liked where the Brewers were at, though. I also, I thought throughout this, going into this series, that the real difference in the series was going to be the Brewer offense against the bullpen of the Atlanta Braves. I thought that we would be able to score some runs and, and get a lead late in ball games on them, and that would really be the difference. But uh, it didn't quite turn out that way. And I thought one of the biggest differences, the real turnaround in this game, was back was back in that 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 fifth inning when with two outs and, and Dart, uh, their, their catcher Diarno got that base hit with two outs. I thought that was huge. Bruce, every time when you go into a ball game, you score some runs, you want to throw up a zero, you want to come out of that next half inning with a lead. And I thought with two outs and the two strikes on him, he took a ball the opposite way. I thought that was a real key to getting the Atlanta Braves, that momentum back in the ball game, and then... It was all when Freddie Freeman, you know, sooner or later, he's going to hurt you. And I'll tell you what, he put a really good swing on a breaking ball from Josh Hader. Yeah. Um, look, Augie, I think the, the thing that sticks out to me here is offensively they just don't do enough in the postseason. And it was a very... It was a very roller coastery, and that's that's not a word, but I'm going with it. It was a very roller coastery type of year from an offensive standpoint because there was there was a stretch of period, uh, a stretch of time, period of time where uh, they were one of the best offensive clubs in baseball. They went into an offensive slump, really starting with that Detroit series in mid September, and they never fully came out of it. I agree. I, I think that the, the going into Detroit, you, you like the way they went into Cleveland. They scored a bunch of runs. They were hitting with runners in scoring position, getting runs late in the ball game. Just adding, they would score runs early and then add late in the ball game. You really like that series against Cleveland. The way they played, they swept the Cleveland Indians. They went into Detroit. And Detroit just had a really good series against the Brewers. And right from then, you could see just a little bit of a tailspin, them not having that, that, the, the scoring ability, the hitting with runners in scoring position, getting guys on base. And uh, I think they did struggle from then on. Uh, but tonight, I thought, you know, they, they came up with some, they got, they got the lead. And then, of course, Atlanta came back and tied it. But it was that situation where I think the Atlanta Braves did a little bit about what the Brewers did when the Brewers were hot. When you score that next half inning, you score and you come back and you, you get that momentum back. And I thought the Atlanta Brave offense really did a nice job against the Brewer pitching tonight in getting when they needed to get a score, they were able to go out and tie that ball game and keep that momentum uh, hopefully on their side. And I thought that was a big difference. Like I, like I said, that base hit from Darno in that fifth, fifth inning, I believe it was, 
uh, that he got that uh, got that base hit. I thought was a really huge part of the ball game and really put that momentum uh, back in Atlanta. And then the bullpen just took over for Atlanta and pitched very well. Uh, let's start getting phone calls. We got a lot, and we're we're here for you. If you're on hold, hang out on hold. It may take us a little while to get to you tonight, but this is one of those nights where I know people want to vent. I know people are frustrated. We are here for you to uh, talk through uh, what ended up going down and the way this thing uh, finished. We'll start with uh, Mark in River West. Hey, Mark, you're on WTMJ. Well, hi, guys. How are you doing tonight? All right. Not like me, I'll bet. No, probably a little bit more like me tonight, right? Not all right. Uh, so here's here's the thing. We started this game tonight. Uh, before the game started, me and my buddies are all talking, and what we were saying was we need in the first or second inning to try and get a run in. Don't try and do this like you did uh, yesterday where you yank a guy out that's pitching great after four innings to try and score. Get guys on base. If you can do it in the first and second inning, sacrifice a guy over and get a run in. Well, we got two on. And what did they do? They pounded the ball. Nobody tried to do anything. You got to play to try and score a run now. This is the last game. and They didn't do it. That's Craig Council. So if we tried to get a run, and we would have scored, I believe, if we would have tried small ball, um, now you've got your pitcher that is allowed to pitch his game. And now, after that, you can play large ball, go maybe for the home run, go for the double and whatever. But the fact of the matter is, I think we lost this game in the first inning by that. But that wasn't the only opportunity we had. We had other opportunities. And I believe that he should have left Lauer in there. This is my opinion. I can understand why you would take him out. Bags loaded, but there was two outs, and Lauer is a pretty good pitcher. Um, and we're winning at that time. I think that Lauer should have been allowed to face one more guy. And I think, to believe me, I believe that he would have got the guy out. And if he wouldn't have, that's on me. But you know what? This loss tonight is on Craig Council, and I'm sorry. I have to say that. I think he is a decent manager when everything is going his way. But uh, there's a whole bunch of managers out there that are a little bit better when it comes down to playoffs, chips down, and know what to do. And I'm sorry. I hey, Mark, let me ask you a question. Name one manager in Major League Baseball that when they have runners on at first and second in the first, uh, name one manager in Major League Baseball that when they have runners on at first and second with nobody out in the first inning that they're going to use their number three hitter to bunt runners over. Well, I'm going to tell you this. When you've no, struck I you a out question. 30 no, no. times. Well, just ask, I let you talk for a while there, man. Let me, let me I asked ask you a question. You let me answer okay. you. Let me answer this then, okay? Uh, there's probably several managers. Dusty Baker may be one of them. Um, the guy that was on the Cubs that they fired, believe me, they're the best manager I ever saw, I believe he may have done that. When your team has struck out 30 times in three games and has scored in one inning in the last four games, 
that is the manager that I believe would do that because that is the reason why. That's why I was saying this. Why I didn't answer you immediately with the name? Because when things are going like that, this is when you need, and it's, and it's an elimination game, you need to score a run as early and as soon as possible. That is why. And hold on. Who was the man at bat at that time? The guy that is hitting, what, 240, hasn't done anything in two years, and I'm sorry, I think it's all mental with him. I think he's a great ball player, but I'm sorry, he's just not doing it. And um, things need to change. You need to change something up, otherwise you're eliminated. And guess what? We're eliminated. I'm sorry, but that's my belief. Cool. I, I appreciate the phone call. I appreciate your passion. Augie, I actually... I tend to agree with him on the Eric Lauer thing. I would have left Eric Lauer in for one more batter, and if he gives up a hit in that situation, he gives up a hit. To me, I would have left Lauer in for one more and seen what happened, and that might have set you up a little bit better for the bullpen. Uh, I disagree with the point of the first inning. I'm not putting down a sacrifice with runners on in first and second and nobody out in the first inning. Uh, they still had a 2 nothing lead and a 4-2 lead in this game, so it's hard to blame not scoring a run in the first inning uh, on them losing. So I'm kind of... I'm split on uh, on Mark's points there. I'll, I'll go with him on Eric Lauer. I'm not going with him on the sacrifice in the first inning. Yeah, first of all, I love Mark's passion. He's been a caller the last several uh, uh, months, and he's made some really good points. And I thought the first inning was huge. I tell you, get your lead off. Colton Wong gets on, gets on, and then you get you got Adamus gets on. You got to have some. You got to score early. The best way this team has played all year is when they score in the first two innings or can get on the board in the first two innings. I thought that that was really important. But on the same point uh, that Mark was trying to make of putting down a bunt with Christian or or Avisiel or Tellez, those guys are put in three, four, and five for a reason. To get RBIs, to get bases, to drive guys in, and that was their job. And they didn't do it tonight. They were 0 for 20, and with runners in scoring position at that time, and we just we didn't get it done. But I thought that was a key part of the ball game. As far as taking out Lauer, it, I'm kind of torn with that because number one, the first the last two hitters that that. Eric threw the ball. He was all over the plate. He couldn't get. He was overthrowing his fastball, getting up up off the plate. He couldn't break his throw his breaking ball. It was kind of a rolling style of pitch, and it looked like he was just just didn't have the command that he had in earlier in the ball game. And all year long, you've had a guy like Hunter Strickland coming in the ball game, being that closer for a starter, and just doing an excellent job. I don't think any time you bring him in is a bad time. Although I think at the same time. Eric Lauer has been able to pitch out of it, and he might have given a chance. I'm, I'm kind of torn where to go with that, Matt and Mark, but uh, it was a tough choice. I didn't think going either way was the wrong way. Well, we got to get to the news. One last thing, though, because he mentioned Dusty Baker. Houston was 27th out of 30 teams this year in Major League Baseball in sacrifice bunts. 27th. Only Seattle, Minnesota, and Tampa Bay put down less sacrifices than Houston this year. There is no world where Dusty Baker is putting down a sacrifice in the first inning. The news in two minutes. Back with more after that. The Brewers' season, it is over. They lose to Atlanta 5-4. They lose the series 3-1. Back with more in a moment on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and sponsored by Boucher Automotive, Town Bank, a Windrust Community Bank, and Delta Dental, Wisconsin's number one dental plan on WTMJ. Here it is, and Rowdy sends one in the air to center deep. Get up! 
three to Lowe's. And the Brewers back on top. He hit one out of here in the center and way out of here. And the Brewers right back on top. Rowdy Telez strikes again. Yeah, he did. That's, um, <laughs> Rowdy Telez had the biggest offensive impact of any player for the Brewers in the postseason. And I don't say this to take a shot at Telez. I say this to s- just talk about the postseason overall. That's a problem. Uh, when when you've got other guys, and no disrespect meant to Telez, but when you're not getting production from just about anybody else, that's a problem. And the Brewers' offensive woes is what results in them uh, in them losing in this series to Atlanta and their season coming to an end. Welcome back in. 5-4 the final score. I'm Matt Pauley. Former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. There is just something so jarring about the season coming to an end. Augie, you've been doing this a long time going back to your playing days and everything you've done since, it's such a weird feeling knowing that there's no game tomorrow. It really is. I, you know, I, all the way, I was just thinking before you we went on, I'm, I'm thinking about the home run and in, in, in falling to the Atlanta Braves and how suddenly how you're enjoying something so much and just having one of those years where, you know, you, you see a team that's kind of built for the playoffs and just had a great year and then all of a sudden, in a split split moment, uh, there's a home run and it ends your season. Uh, it's you know it, you get you got to take that step back. That I know I don't know how how our fans are or how you are, Matt. But each and every time, I'm still I'm still love the game so much that when the Brewers play and I have it just something that was disappointing like tonight, it takes me a while when I get off the air just to sit and relax and think things over and think about how neat this season was and how much fun I enjoyed with it and uh, it's this was a special year but when it comes to that that final game and and things happen I'm sure you feel and our fans feel the same way it's that jarring of the moment where you just got to collect your thoughts before you take that you make that next move and uh, I'm sure that when we get done tonight I'll sit there for about an hour think about how much I enjoyed it how great this ball club was and start thinking about 22 and all the special things that this club could do. Back to the phone. Sparky is in Madison. Hey, Sparky, thanks for holding here on WTMJ. Okay, uh, fellas. Hey, thanks uh, for taking my call. And let me just say this before I start, that I really have enjoyed listening to you guys during the course of the baseball season. You guys are, do a good job. I normally don't listen to all these talk shows of sports because they get boring and you get people to get all excited when you don't hear the things they want to hear, but you guys do a good job. Okay, the point I want to make is... Uh, Freddie Freeman is just a superstar. He's been that way for years. And he came on the stage tonight big time against the best relief pitcher in baseball and hits a home run. And I thought that was, you know, just great. And it wasn't great because I didn't want to see it happen, but he's a big-time ball player. And, you know, you go to the top of the ninth, and the same situation comes up with their ace, Will Smith. He's a lefty going up against uh, Christian Yelich, and he strikes out on three pitches. And, you know, I, I've been on this for a long, long time, and I hear other people say this, but, you know, there's just something going on here with Christian Yelich because he has been a, just a major 
offensively, anyhow, a major disappointment these last two years. And it's so hard to understand a guy that's as, he's in his late 20s. He came off two big years where he was MVP, and he should have probably had another one had he not got hurt. But I would imagine that uh, David Stearns and Matt Arnold during the offseason here, you're obviously going to have him in left field next year. Uh, you, you can't move him. But but something's got to be done here, whether it's a platoon or whatever. I, I just don't know. Are you guys mystified by how his last two seasons have just been really bad? You know, I guess that's the best thing I can say. But I just wanted to air that out here. And again, let me thank you guys for all the good things that you do talking Brewer baseball. So I'll just let you guys know. Go and uh, let's just pick it up from there, okay? Yes, Sparky, appreciate it. And you're a loyal caller, and we appreciate your uh, your, your just your loyalty to this program. It's always good to uh, to, to hear from you. Uh, yeah, I don't want to be too tough on, on Christian Yelich because he still contributed to this team, and actually I think a lot of people don't give him the credit for the good things he did do on base percentage, had some good stretch of the season when it came to batting average, things like that. So he, he contributed to this team, but at the same time, this can't be, the, the Christian Yelich of the last two years cannot be the Christian Yelich moving forward. We've sat here and... I don't know if they're excuses or if they're reasons. I, I don't know what they are, but we've gone over a million times. You know, maybe what's going into him slumping, whatever it might be. Well, you know what? You're going into a standard off season now. I know COVID is still out there, but you're going into a standard off season. It's going to be a standard spring training. Their stuff isn't different anymore. You've got some good hitters around you. You're hopeful that the Brewers add some more hitters. But I thought the protection in the order this year was a lot closer to what it was a couple years ago. I, to to be blunt. Christian Yelich has to have a much, much, much better season next year. They cannot afford him to continue to play the way he has the last two seasons. Yeah, and starting with Freddie Freeman, let's. I want to take you back early in the ball game when he was facing Lauer. You could tell what he was trying to do. He had three hits today. What he was doing against Lauer, he was taking the ball on the inside part of the plate and wanting the ball on the outer half and taking the ball the opposite way. And on his breaker ball, everything he had a really good look at. And when he came up that ninth inning, I, the signs of a real pro. After I watched what he what he did, he took that first pitch, a breaking ball, and hit the ball at a ballpark. He watched Josh Hader and how he faced the first two hitters. And what did Josh do? He struck a guy out on a breaking ball, threw some really good breaking balls. So he went up there with the idea that, you know, if I get that breaking ball and I get in the zone, I'm not going to go out and try to pull it. I'm just going to go with that pitch. And he did. And he got a, and Josh got that ball up a little bit too much, and he hit it out of the ballpark. That is a, a true professional that really understands hitting and uh that's why he was the MVP last year. And when you take it over to Christian Yelich, I'm not demoting Christian Yelich. I think Christian Yelich is still a, a, a style of player that can be your MVP. But in order for the Brewers to take the next step, they need Christian Yelich to get back closer to where Christian Yelich was in his MVP years. And he struggles. We don't know exactly what the struggles are. We know there's certain times when he, he ha- he's had some great at-bats. He didn't strike, swing a lot out of, stri- out of pitches outside the strike zone. He went through a phase where he got on base a lot, was doing night, get some big base hits, running the bases as well, playing great defense. But I still think that what Christian thinks, thinks about this season, he's going to think in order for the Milwaukee Brewers to take that next step, 
I have to be better. And I think that's so true, and I think the fans believe that. I think Christian believes that. To, to the Freddie Freeman point, before the postseason got started, I wanted the Brewers to play the Braves and not the Phillies because I've got this belief that when it comes to the postseason, pitching is so good that you need to have – there are not many hitters out there that are so good that they can have success against great pitching. That is one of the rarest things in baseball. There's only a handful of players out there, and the idea of facing off against Bryce Harper in the postseason on behalf of the Brewers, that scared me. Maybe I didn't give enough credit to Freddie Freeman in the same in the same vein because Freeman is a really scary hitter. And, and Augie, I, I don't know if the Brewers have one of those guys right now uh, just based upon the way that Christian Yelich was one of those guys. And, uh, you know, Willie Adamas had a great season, but I don't know if he's to that point. When we're talking about these super elite hitters, uh, the, I, I, at this very moment, it doesn't feel like the Brewers have one of those guys. Well, when you talk about those style hitters, and like you said about Bryce Harper, these guys make such great adjustments. I think Bryce Harper had a couple, had a season or two ago where he wasn't quite where Bryce Harper usually is. This year, the second half of the season, you couldn't get a better ball player in the game of baseball. But Freddie Freeman has always been very consistent. He's the kind of guy that takes the ball where it's pitch. He makes adjustments at the plate. And I think he, when you talk about him, he's one of those elite guys. And I thought we really did a great job against him in the games prior to tonight. I thought we did a excellent job of pitching him. He, he he didn't get a lot of hits. He didn't drive in a lot of runs. He got on base a couple times. But I'll tell you, he really made some adjustments. And I, I thought that Josh Hader's pitch, uh, Josh got the ball up a little bit. And I thought uh, I thought Freddie made a really good adjustment. Didn't try to pull the ball and get the ball out. He just went right with the pitch and was able to knock the ball out of the ballpark. That's a special style player. And uh, I'll tell you, Freddie Freeman is one of them. Eight five five six one six one six twenty eight five five six one six one six twenty. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well at Matt Pauley on air. M A T T P A U L E Y on air. Uh, we are going to continue to take your phone calls, your text messages, and your tweets as we continue the conversation about the Brewers season coming to an end. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and sponsored by Bruchet Automotive, Town Bank, a Windrest Community Bank, and Delta Dental, Wisconsin's number one dental plan on WTMJ. Throw to first, and it goes down the right field line. Garcia gets up. He's headed for second. The throw from Freeman, not in time, and Garcia somehow able to stay on the second base bag. He was running so hard to second base and went in without a slide. And I don't know how his momentum was able to be held on that second base bag. Brewers extra innings does continue here on WTMJ. The Brewers season, it is over. They lose three games to one in the NLDS. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Haven't gotten a lot to the texts and tweets. We'll get to those coming up. We're uh, going through a lot of phone calls as well. I'm Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here. We are here for you. This is the uh, forum after the Brewer season has come to an end. We'll go back to the phones. I believe we have Gordon in Milwaukee. Hey, Gordon, you're on WTMJ. Hey, how's it going? Appreciate you having me on. Good. Yeah. All right. 
I'm going to get a little long-winded here, if that's all right. But I just want to touch on a few topics that I think uh, really relate to this team. Sure, go ahead. First of all, obviously, Yelich's performance this year wasn't what everybody expected after last year. It kind of sounded like he was going to change things up. But when over the past three weeks, starting like you guys kind of pointed out earlier with that Detroit series, it just seemed like the Brewers kind of went in a slump, and it kind of stuck out that this team doesn't have that one hitter like a 2019 Yelich or even 2018 that can come up and go three for three on a given night. And like you guys were talking about earlier, Adamas, he's a good hitter, but at the end of the day, he's not going to be the guy to carry the offensive workload for a team. So as far as that goes, you need Yelich to be your guy. If you're going to pay him this much, he needs to step up and perform. Obviously, his on-base percentage wasn't actually that low this year, but as far as getting timely hits, I mean, in the postseason, even the hits he's had are similar to the ones he's had all year. Dribblers through the gap, right past second. He hasn't been smacking the ball to the wall. He hasn't been doing what we've seen in the past. And if you're going to pay him this much, you need him to perform because now the Brewers don't have the amount of money resources to go out and get another big hitter who can carry the workload. They need If they want to take the next step and go to the World Series, I think that they, Yelich needs to step up, first of all, to what he has been in the past. Obviously, he doesn't have to be MVP, but what we've seen this year, just for example, the last play tonight's game, watch strike, check swing, and another watch strike. You, you can't have that out of your best player. And it becomes a point where you wonder – I think Council's an above-average manager, but I was just questioning why Yelich was still in the lineup and why was he at number three. In the postseason, especially elimination games, you can't worry about confidence for a guy. You need to have – if you have five outfielders on the team, you need the best three in the lineup. You don't have to worry about whether Yelich's confidence is going to go down if you bench him. I mean, you needed your best hitter out there tonight, and Yelich didn't really come through. Yeah, Um I, Augie, I don't know about you. Um, look, I wasn't somebody that was calling for Yelich to be benched, but I, I thought that Tyrone Taylor would have had a larger role in the postseason than he did. I agree. I, I think Tyrone Taylor deserved to have a larger, uh, a, a bigger part of, of the program. He did so much for this ball club, and he's definitely a big part of this this future. I think what Craig was trying to do is go with the the best that he could. And when you talk about Christian and and Lorenzo Cain, uh, kudos to Lorenzo Cain for playing the way he did tonight. And then having obviously Al Garcia, who's your leading home run high home run and RBI guy. Uh, I think that's what kind of you didn't see. Uh, Tyler, just as much as you wanted to. Just back to, to Christian. First of all, I respect Christian as much as him. I think he's a class individual. He is a, a good person. He, nobody works harder than him. But he is, he is the face of our franchise right now. He is the face of our franchise. And when you have a guy who's the face of your franchise, is you do not compliment your teammates. Your teammates compliment you and I say that in a leader role style player is when he goes out there he has that capability and I say that used to say a lot about Ryan Braun every team in the major leagues would love to have Ryan Braun in their lineup because just of who he is I think I still think along those lines with Christian I think he's that kind of guy when you talk about the Milwaukee Brewers the one guy that you want to get out that you have to be aware of is Christian Yelich and I think the last two years He's really struggled at that. Is he going to struggle? I don't think he is. I think he's going to be 
better next year than he was this year. I think he's going to get back to where he is, that, that exciting player. But I, I, I think of leaders on teams, just like we talk about, about Bryce Harper and Freddie Freeman. Those guys are your leaders and your teammates. You don't compliment your teammates as saying that you figure into what they do. They compliment what you do because you're the leader and they look for you to lead. And I think that's what Christian Yelich is to the Milwaukee Brewers. I think that's where Christian Yelich has to get back to in, for, in order for the Brewers to take the next step. Yeah, he, look, I, I said it all along. The Brewers were not going to win the World Series if Christian Yelich wasn't going to be a big part of it. And that's kind of why, even though his numbers were not fantastic, that I was in favor of him being in the lineup every day because you needed him at his best. And he wasn't at his best. He really wasn't at his best. His best is putting the ball down in the gap, putting the ball over the wall. And we didn't get that this year. And the Brewers are going to uh, are going to have a hard time uh, winning games at the highest level if you're not getting that from Christian Yelich. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll go to Eric in Sheboygan. Hi, Eric. You're on WTMJ. Hey, man. I love your show. Thanks a lot for doing this all season. You do a great job. Um, Thank you. you I don't want to keep piling on uh, Christian Yelich, but I had the opportunity through a friend to uh, sit first row on Saturday, and I watched him strike out, and he set his helmet and his bat down right at home plate, much like a gladiator, uh, giving up uh, a battle. And I got to say, I think a lot of this in his, is in his head, but I think there's also some mechanics involved. If you watch how he's hitting the ball, everything's going on the ground. Yeah, he's getting base hits, he's getting on base, but he's not getting that top spin on the ball. And there's a lot that's been documented about his home runs in the past and how he's had tremendous leverage and, and top spin. It makes you wonder about his back. It really does. It, uh, he just doesn't look the same. Uh, I think he's always going to be one of those players that plays solid baseball, good throws, solid outfielder, solid base running, five-tool player, but he doesn't look the same with the power. And... Um, as far as counsel today, I think he managed as well as he could have. He made a couple of mistakes with Lauer. I think he should have left them in longer. But Christian just doesn't look the same. There's something up with him. I'll leave it at that. Sure. Appreciate the phone call. Thank you for the nice words. And uh, not to kind of go back over stuff we've talked about, but I do like there's a lot of people who are really piling on Craig Council. And to me, the you know there's been a lot of decisions that have been made in this series the the Freddie Peralta decision the Daniel Vogelback decision like there's been a lot of decisions multiple decisions per game for me the only decision in this game today that I think is worth a debate is the the Eric Lauer decision and whether or not it was appropriate to take him out when they did. Well, I, and I agree. I, to me, I think Craig is the best manager in all of baseball, and and you know he's homegrown, and you know I don't I don't give him that attribute because he's from Wisconsin. He is just a really good baseball man and understands the game and gets a lot out of his players, and his players respect him. And I, as a as a former player, to respect your manager is so important to to be able to go out and play as hard as you can. It's even more important. But yeah, I the the play to the, the part today with. 
Eric Lauer, and, and I'll, I'll revert back to what I said earlier. The only reason I thought it could go either way was the last two hitters, or the, there's two hitters before that, where Eric kind of lost his stuff a little bit. It was a little got out of it, a guy swung out a bad pitch, and he, he got out of it. But then the last two hitters, it just seemed like he didn't have good command of all his stuff that he did in the prior, that he, he was overthrowing a little bit and getting himself into a little bit of trouble. And I think that's what would put... Uh, the, the the idea into Craig's mind that I have a guy who's been a stopper for the restarters all year long, and that's been Strickland. He's been outstanding the last half of the year. That was a time to do it. But I, I agree with all our fans. I think keeping Lauer in the game was not a bad thing, but I think also in that situation, going with something that someone who's been very successful in Strickland is not a bad thing either. Let's go to uh, Mike in Illinois. Hey, Mike, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, thank. I think we piled on Hialeah enough. That's another show for two hours. But uh, back to the game. I agree. Uh, Lauer should have stayed in. And the thing that bothers me is that you know who's going to pitch to our old favorite Orlando Arcia hitting two fourteen. I would take my chances with that guy. Bases the guy that got to uh, that got the hit Rosario. I mean, really, Craig. I mean, don't you agree with that? I mean, I can't believe he didn't let him in. He had no confidence in put Burns in because of the rest. I agree with that. But he didn't have confidence in Laura to keep him in for at least an inning or two more. That and plus I'm wondering why Boxberger didn't play in an eighth inning. And that's all I have to say. I'm just disappointed. It was a great season. But, you know, the Braves, they're a nice team, but they're not going to go anywhere. They're missing Solar today, Solar today and Okuna. He's already after the season. But nice team. But the Brewers had a great chance to go all the way. And that's just... Disappointed, not shocked, but disappointed. That's all. Thanks, yeah, guys. Appreciate the phone call. I, I can hear the frustration in your voice, and, and I get it. Uh, a lot of people have asked about the usage of Woodruff and Hader and why maybe Woodruff wasn't extended for another inning, why Hader was brought in uh, when he was brought in. Uh, first off, uh, you know, Woodruff, basically Craig Council, and we'll hear from Craig Council coming up later on the program, Council called the performance by Woodruff today heroic, uh, considering how recently he most recently pitched. Uh, but he went to the team today and said, if you need me, you can use me in this game. They were going to be very careful with him, just from a safety perspective. And then Augie, it felt like, you know, a lot of times if the game is tied in the regular season in the ninth inning, they go to Hayter and then they work backwards from there, and they they went and worked backwards an inning early today. So I think Boxberger probably would have been the next guy. Boxberger was up in the bullpen at one point uh, really early in the game. Uh, but I, it just it felt like the one kind of shift in what uh, Council did is he used H- uh, Hayter really one inning earlier uh, than he would. But what, what that also does for you, you don't want to lose this game not using Josh Hayter. If Brandon Woodruff gives, or excuse me, if Brandon Woodruff or if Brad Boxberger gives up the Freddie Freeman home run in the eighth inning, we're probably sitting here on this show talking about you, you finished your season and you never got Josh Hader out of the bullpen. And you also look at who was coming up in the order. That was right in the middle of the order. So you use Hader there, and then you use somebody else if you get another opportunity. You don't get another opportunity. But I don't have a problem with the use of Hader the way he was used today. No, I didn't either. And I, I agree with, with Craig and what he said about Woody being heroic. And he was. He came in and he's a, you know, all, I, I call him a warrior. And he's a warrior. He's a guy that he just, he'll give you everything he's got. 
and he's going to go out there and give you his best, and he's proved that. He's, a, he's that guy that, boy, every pitching staff kind of wants. He's that leader on the pitching staff, and uh, I, I thought it was heroic what, what, what he did tonight. As far as the Josh Hader situation, I agree with you, Matt. I think he was looking at who was that plate. They had Rosario coming up. They had the top of the order come in. They had Freeman coming in. Albies after him. I think he wanted to get through that inning, and with their the big part of their board batting order coming up. Uh, hopefully they could score some runs in the ninth and then win it that way. But I agree with the the move to, with Josh Hader in that in that eighth in that eighth bottom of the eighth inning is to get through that tough part of the Atlanta order and and then go on from there. And uh, it was a move. It didn't work out. Freddie hit the home run, but I still think it was a good move by putting uh, uh, Josh in the game at that time. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. It's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll tweet. You can tweet into the program at Matt Pauly on air. We're getting. We have tons of calls on hold. We've gotten lots of text messages, lots of tweets. We're trying our best to uh, to get to everybody. We're going to be taking you till ten thirty. Uh, we'll continue with your phone calls, your texts, and tweets through about ten o'clock, and then coming up after the ten o'clock hour, we'll get the post game comments from Manager Craig Council. Uh, we'll hear a one on one conversation between Greg Matzik and uh, Josh Hader, and we'll also go back to the game with the highlights. So a lot to get to uh, before we wrap things up at 10.30. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley, presented by Annex Wealth Management and sponsored by Boucher Automotive, Town Bank, a Windrest Community Bank, and Delta Dental, Wisconsin's number one dental plan. Swing and a drive into left center, deep warning track. A somber edition of Brewers Extra Innings after the Brewers lose to the Braves 5-4 and their season comes to an end. Welcome back into the program. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here. 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll get back to the phones in just a moment. Uh, let's go through some of the text messages. We've got... We might have a hundred text messages sitting here. Um, let's see. We'll uh, we'll read a few here. Jerry in the Dell says this stings no doubt will for a while. So disappointingly sudden. Still, what an excellent journey. Can't wait till next year. Stephen in uh, Racine. My take is with the lack of hitting in big spots, lost the series. You just can't expect to win when going 0 for 20 with runners in scoring position, as well as the Brewers pitching has been. Um, this why this isn't a day where it's all hands on deck is a must-win game. Also, why is Escobar not starting the game with the hitter he is? Uh, I don't like Wong trying to bunt in the big spot in the ninth. Then finally, uh, I think uh, Andy Haynes is gone for next year. I just want to know your thoughts on all of this. There's a lot there. I agree with the first part of it. Lack of hitting in big spots does lose the series. Augie, I feel like sometimes we get kind of stuck uh, discussing things that in like the in the big picture don't really matter that much or don't really impact things that much. But when we're talking about the getting big hits in big moments, this is something, you know, the team's hitting with runners in scoring position has been something that they've really dealt with. That's been an issue for the team, not just this year. They have not always been the greatest situationally hitting, situational hitting team. And they went through some stretches this year where they were really good, but they're in a stretch right now where they're not really good. So I think Steven's got it right when he says the situational hitting is really what cost them this playoff series. 
I, I thought coming into this series when I was looking at, at both teams and what, what the Atlanta Braves were going to try to do on the pitching side of it to the Milwaukee Brewers. And first of all, I, I thought what they were really going to do, they had to take care of Colton Wong and Adamas. I think Colton Wong and Adamas have been the, have been the, the guys who really get the, get the, get the team rolling. I think they get on base and they start things. And we saw that when the Brewers were scoring runs and hitting the ball and doing all the good things and get, hitting became contagious because those guys really did such a great job. And I thought the Atlanta Braves did an excellent job of, on Colton and, and Adamas throughout the, throughout the series and really made them not as impactful as they could have been. But it, that's what you have to do. You have to take the, the guys who are really playing well, who are your igniters, and you got to do something with them. And I thought on the Atlanta Braves side of it, they did a really nice, nice job to, uh, in this series. Trisha in Waukesha texting in. So sad to see the Brewers' postseason end with a thud after such an amazing regular season. Seems like ever since they got swept by the cards, they have completely lost momentum and mojo. Trisha adds that she really wanted to see the Brewers uh, win for uh, for, for Bob Uecker. Uh, Augie, I think, look, we, we've, we've discussed this so much, and I know there's going to be people out there that are just absolutely convinced that when the Brewers kind of took the foot off the pedal over the last couple of weeks, that that extends into the regular season. It's just it's such a crapshoot, and we've talked about this a lot. I don't need to repeat the same thing I've said over and over and over, but statistically speaking, there there is zero correlation between how a team finishes the regular season and how they go into the postseason. Uh, I would wonder after this experience, because Craig Council has never managed a team that had such a big lead in September, and he, he's somebody that's always going to dig into everything that they do. I wonder if we're talking to him in a few months and, and you get him in a moment of, uh, of you know, just absolute candor, if he would change anything that they do down the stretch. But the idea was to get healthy, and getting healthy was more important and more beneficial than winning a few more games down the stretch. It just kind of looks bad when you have a thud here in the postseason, but I'll continue to stand by that the correlation between the end of the regular season and the way the postseason went, that there just wasn't one. I, I thought Craig did a good job as trying to get everybody healthy and trying to get everybody their at-bats and get the guys the innings, and he put them in situations. He had a big uh, decision to make when when, uh, when Devin Williams went down. It, it was who, how, how was he going to use it? How was he going to do the matchup? What were the outgetters? And I, I thought he handled that very well in getting guys the, the opportunities that they needed. And we saw Aaron Ashby come and be just a, a big plus and going to have a great future. So I I think it's very difficult in the game of baseball when you win early like you do is to turn it off and turn it on. But I don't think Craig did that. I think Craig got guys in games. He went out to win every game. He talked about each and every night that it was about still about keeping that that focus on winning baseball games and winning series. And uh, I think this was something very different for this Brewer Ball Club. We've never had to do that before. And uh, this was something interesting, and I'm sure Craig will learn a lot from the situation that he was through this year and help him in the future. Doug texting in says, Do you think Council is on the hot seat? He had several good regular seasons, but can't get it done in the playoffs. We hear other managers and other sports face that. In your opinion, should Council? The Brewers had four playoff appearances in the team history until four years ago. They've made four in a row. That 
That does not mean that this isn't a disappointing finish. That does not mean that you shouldn't be expecting more. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't have expected them to beat the Braves. That doesn't mean any of this. But you can look at the positive and the negatives. Uh, this Craig Council is widely considered one of the best managers in baseball. And no, he is not on the hot seat. Josh in Ohio, he makes a really fantastic point. Um, and this uh, this uh, deals with Josh Hader pitching uh, where he was at. He said, uh, I don't think Josh Hader had given up a home run to a left-hand hitter all season. It happened in the eighth inning tonight. Devin Williams has owned the eighth inning this season. I wonder if Williams would have pitched the eighth tonight if healthy. Augie, I do. I absolutely think that would have been Devin Williams' inning in the eighth inning today if he would have been healthy. There's no question about it. When Dev, with Devin's healthy way he's pitched, that this is the way they had set it all up, and they you worked the entire year. You know, Devin went through some struggles this year with a little couple of little injuries, but he fought back. He was throwing the ball. He was dynamic at throwing the baseball. I really believe that if tonight he was healthy, he would have been. And it's just unfortunate that it happened. It's a learning experience for Devin, and uh, he will be a much better person because of it. But I agree with with Josh. I think uh, I think that would have been uh, Josh. That would not have been Josh Hader's inning. The eighth would have been Devin Williams. Yeah. So, and I said at one point, I, the thing I didn't want to see happen was the Brewers lose a game in the eighth inning with Devin Williams watching from Arizona. Just from a mental standpoint for him, I didn't want him to experience that. And look, you, he has there is personal responsibility. You make a mistake, you deal with the ramifications of said mistake, and that's what he had. He made a mistake, and now uh, for the rest of his life, he has to remember that feeling of watching the eighth inning that he should have been pitching that he was unable to do so and that's the that's kind of the decisive inning and that that stinks that just i feel so bad for him again he did it to himself but i feel so bad for him that he had to uh, experience that emotionally i just can't imagine uh what how that is uh, impacting him here at the moment back to the phones eric is in green bay hey eric you're on wtmj hey guys how's it going man thanks for taking my call Hey, um, you know, first of all, let me say that that uh, I like Craig Council a lot, and I really, really want to see him succeed. But I'm putting this on him for four reasons. Reason number one, he has shown to be a poor motivator. These guys went on siesta three weeks before the end of the season, and they never snapped out of it. They sleptwalked their way through the series. Two, you don't pull an ace out who's throwing BBs. 54 pitches in four innings is what, four pitches per batter? The dude was cruising. That's a desperation move that you don't pull until like the seventh or eighth inning when you really need to get runs. You she showed no confidence in his offense and he pulled an ace out the out the mound and burned through his starter his bullpen. And it's not just the pitching moves that, that are irritating. Game number one, the hero of the game, Rowdy Tellez. Why isn't he playing game two? Omar Nevarez is your best catcher, not only not only for catching and calling the game behind the plate, but offensively he was stroking the ball. Why do you sit that guy in favor of Pena two games in a row? Why did Narvaez have to take a seat so that Alan Ashby or uh, Aaron Ashby could come in? That doesn't make any sense to me at all. He sat down the only firepower he had. He sat him on the bench. I, I just I don't get that. And then who is the batting coach? Because you say situational hitting, I'd say that situation is two strikes. 
because these guys do not have the, they're showing the lack of the ability, or if they had it before, it has degraded, to shorten up the bat and just throw their hands through the ball and go with the pitch and hit the ball where the ball's pitched. They're all trying to pull this thing. They're trying to rope it, and they're looking stupid. I mean, there were some at-bats they were Yelich, Garcia, where they look flat-out ridiculous, swinging at absolute garbage in the dirt. I'm like, what are you guys looking at? You, you got runners in scoring position with two strikes, and, and you're not just trying to make contact and hit a little flare somewhere or put the ball in play? I mean, your leadoff hitter pops up a bunt? I don't disagree with the the bunt call. If he could have moved that guy over uh, from first to second, then you got a runner in scoring position where a single ties the game. He pops up a bunt. Who, who's your hitting coach? Are these these guys? Do these guys bunt in batting practice? I mean, that to me, that that's just you know that's ridiculous. I mean, pulling Freddie Peralta was was inexcusable. That was a panic maneuver, and he choked. And uh, and then sitting sitting your hot bats down, you you play who's hot. This isn't the preseason game or the early in the season where you're trying to get everybody warm and lathered up and get everybody there at bats. You play who's hot. And he sat down guys that were hot. I'm like, what is Pena with an 189 average doing in their catching when Narvaez has been one of your only guys tearing the skin off the ball? All right, Eric, I appreciate the phone call, appreciate the passion. I mean, you faced a lefty. Omar Narvaez's splits were pretty clear during the regular season. Uh, Narvaez this year had a 152 average against lefties. He had a 289 average against righties. Like, this is this is really simple stuff when it comes to uh, why Manny Pino's in there. Manny Pino just had his greatest power season in the history of his uh, his career. So uh, I, 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 I get that. Um Augie, when, you know, I don't want to like relitigate everything else that's already happened in this series, uh, but you know, the when he said uh, Eric mentioned not having any confidence in the offense. Well, of course, Craig Council didn't have any confidence in the offense at that point. They 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 went two straight games without scoring a run. So yeah, you're doing whatever you can to push across a run. He sure he sure did, and you know Eric brought some great points. I I think when you sit back and you're on the outside, you you think of the you know these are really legit points to 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 talk about and to review and and not only to to review but to go over and and, and so you, it makes you think the next time you do come up. But I, there there are times, and I I know that Freddie Peralta he's just he's just had a a great great year. But at that time of the game, the Brewers had an opportunity and they. Hadn't been scoring runs, and I think you, you got. If you have that opportunity, you got to try. You got to try to score runs. You got to get some momentum going some way. And Freddie was throwing great, and he probably could have gone seven innings. He was just dynamic. But at, at the same time, you you really got to look at it. You've got a great bullpen. Uh, you do burn up with the bullpen a little bit, but you got to score runs. And the Brewers were not scoring runs. Uh, it's that is an extremely extremely tough decision. Let's uh, let's grab one more phone call. This will be our last phone call of the program. Charlie is in Oshkosh. Hey, Charlie, you're on WTMJ. Uh, hi, Matt. Hi, Jerry. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I also want to uh, compliment you, like many of the callers have done, for uh, a great program and for letting us talk Brewer baseball. Thank you. Thank you. We love doing it. Um, I agree. Um, you're not going to like this, probably, but I agree. <laughs> With a lot of the callers tonight, 
Um, Williams, um, just to throw that in there, this is one game that he definitely would have been a big part of. I love Council in the regular season. He handles the pitching fantastic. He gives everybody a chance to play. My goodness, he handled over 60 players on the roster this year. Everybody seems to be happy, so to speak, uh, with their time. He's a player's coach, but he's 2-8 and eight in his last 10 playoff games, and he just seems to be outmanaged in the playoffs. I don't know, um, an earlier caller, I'd rather have Lauer versus Arcia than Strickland versus Rosario. Rosario gets a bat on the ball, and I did. as soon as I heard that, I thought, ooh, I do not like this matchup at all. So um, um, I know it's not popular to say, but, um, you know, it just seems things are so different in the playoffs, and I know it's a different game, but um, he just seems to be one step behind the other, the other side. Um, and uh, I'll let you go. I'm looking forward to next year, especially with our young, controllable pitching but we have a major, major problem with Yelich. Um, his contract just kicks in, and there's definitely something, something wrong. He had seven, over seven months to straighten things out, and the hitting coach, him, no improvement the whole year. Thanks, guys. Hey, Charlie, Bye pre- now. Yeah, appreciate the phone call. Thanks for being uh, tuned in. They got to get it figured out. Yeah, you know, I want to hit on this because I'm not trying to like ignore this. A lot of people have brought up hitting coach Andy Haynes. Uh, at one point in the season, yeah, I, re- I, I looked this up today. I sent a tweet out on July 30th that looked at the Brewers' team batting average from certain dates up until July 30th when I sent the tweet. And from July 1st to July 30th, so in the month of July, they were fourth in Major League Baseball in batting average. Uh, during the two-week period leading into July 30th, they were first in Major League Baseball. They were hitting 290. The numbers then started to come down, and they struggled in September. And... First, I think I think we blame hitting coaches way more than we should ever. Like hitting coaches are really there. Hitters are their own people more often than not. And what hitting coaches do is they're just an extra pair of eyes. Uh, they they don't. I don't think they have the impact positively or negatively that the average person thinks that they have. That being said, when a team has a disappointing finish, it is a very common thing for there to be some changes on the coaching staff. I'm not calling for anybody to get fired. I don't do that. I think Andy Haynes is a very good coaching, uh, very good hitting coach. But the Brewers have a disappointing finish to the season, so it is not out of the realm of possibility that when they go into this offseason, they make some decisions to uh, change some things up on the coaching staff. It could very well be. And I always, I always look at it that you know they had a, a, a part of the year where they were just fantastic. They were scoring runs. They were getting good at-bats. And I think as you get long in the year, it's about making adjustments, understanding what brings you success. And I, I, I don't know if they just lost that part of the adjustment part of it towards the end of the season, but this is still a very good offensive ball club. I really believe that. It's just about making those adjustments that you have to at the end of the year because when you get into the playoffs pitching is totally different it's a different energy there's a different intensity they're going to pitch to a different to, uh, maybe not, I'm not going to say a different style they're going to they're going to go they're going to know more about you they're going to locate the ball better and it's just a different it's a different year, different part of baseball and you have to be prepared to make the adjustments the brewers during this off during this postseason didn't do that and you, you, it always goes by the way you finish I think they they feel as a ball club probably on the offensive side they did not finish as well as they wanted to 
Ben in Kenosha tweets, uh, text in, says there was no other time during the season when the Brewers' offense scored six runs or less over four games. The closest was a mid-June span against the Reds and Rockies when they scored seven runs and went 0-4 during that span. This was not on council. This was not on pitching. This was not on strategy. 100% falls on the offense. I tend to agree with that. And, like, Augie, it's not my money that uh, that the Brewers are going to be using when it comes to the offseason, but I am a big believer. One of my sports philosophies is when you are a championship-level squad, you need to go look at what ended your season earlier and address that. That's That's... That's just no matter what the sport. If you're a football team and your season ends in the NFC Championship game, why did you not win the NFC Championship game? Go fix that. So for me, if I'm David Stearns, uh, I'm looking at what went wrong in this NLDS, and I'm trying to fix that. And to me, I think that involves bringing in at least one more very consistent hitter. I agree. I, I think you, you take that point at the end of the season. You say, okay, where, where was our weakness? And correct that weakness. And however you decide to correct the weakness, it's going to be interesting to see how David Stearns and Matt Arnold and along with Craig Council look at that and what they want to do for the upcoming season. But you have to start with the way the team finished. And it's about making adjustments and seeing how these guys react to pitching at the end of the season. And offensively is an area that they're going to look at. And I, I'm sure they're going to go over and ponder it for a good month or two months before they really decide on the direction they want to go. And it's going to get interesting. This is a very good ball club. There's so much potential. There's so much to look forward to. But yet, when you look at where they wanted to be and what their goals were and where they wanted to finish up, they fell just a little bit short. We're going to break for the news here in just a moment or so. And when we come back, we'll get the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. We also still will go back through the game with the highlights. We're going to let Augie go. So this is uh, this is it for Augie this year here uh, on the program. Augie, I just want to kind of publicly say to you that uh, we, we expanded your role this year on the program. Uh, you are one of my greatest friends. I love you, and I enjoy working with you so much. And, uh, yeah, I just had a blast being able to be alongside you uh, throughout the course of this year. You know, same right back at you, Matt. Uh, you know, when I decided to do what we were going to do this year and be a little bit expanded, I was so much looking forward to us just going out in the, in, in the evening, just talking baseball. Whether we agree or disagree, that's not part of it. That's that's being baseball. That's being a part of sports. But uh, I've enjoyed this so much. The fans have been outstanding calling in. I hope we, we you enjoyed what we had to do. But, Matt, thank you so much for allowing me to expand my role Thank you for allowing me to go and talk baseball, a passion that I have, love for baseball. And, uh, yeah, we have so much to look forward to. I think next, this year was so much fun. I think next year could be even more fun. And uh, I just everybody just think about this Brew Ball Club. We fell a little bit short, but we got a lot to look forward to. And, Matt, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Augie. I appreciate it. That's Jerry Augustine. We're letting him go for the final time as we are uh, in our final edition of the year of Brewers Extra Innings. I hate saying those words. Uh, when we come back after the news, we'll get the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. That's next here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley, presented by Annex Wealth Management and sponsored by Boucher Automotive, Town Bank, a Windrust Community Bank, and Delta Dental, Wisconsin's number one dental plan on WTMJ. <laughs> delivery. Swing and a bullet hit to right. Past the diving Rowdy Telez. 
The tying run is in. Jock Peterson to third, and the Braves have tied it. Annex Wealth Management has been a proud sponsor of Brew October. It's time to know the difference. If you're ready to put things in order, so are they. Annex Wealth Management provides investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning. As a local independent partner, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. My name is Matt Pauley. The Brewers lose tonight as they fall to Atlanta 5-4. They lose the NLDS three games to one. Manager Craig Council spent some time talking to the media just a little while ago. Uh, started talking about the bullpen plan and whether or not it changed because of uh, how short Eric Lauer's start was. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we had a-, a couple of innings where we were certainly just one more out um, with would have would have changed things a little bit, um, um, but they did a nice job extending the innings. Um, so you know, Eric had, you know, he was in good shape getting through that inning with two outs and man on first, um, getting you know after the leadoff single, getting the next two guys, and um, they did a nice job extending that inning. Um, and then same same thing, you know, with Ash that. You know, I I thought Aaron pitched well. Um, you know, not not much hard contact, uh, ball on the ground. It just was in the right spot, and, and then a couple free passes with the hit by pitch and the walk. You know, gave him some gave gave him some runs. He did a nice. You know, he got the first two guys of the of the next or two of the first three guys, and um, Freeman hit a really tough pitch to to extend the inning to start with, and then. No, we had to go to Woody, so I was, you know, we had two innings from Woody, Max. I wasn't going to do anything more than that. Um, we had to go to him there. Adam? Craig, can you tell us about the decision to use uh, Brandon today? Is that also a case where he came to you or you yeah. went to him? No, he came to us and um, said he recovered really well. Um, and he was in good shape. But it was... You know what he did was was heroic, frankly. I mean, it you know it it gave us a shot. Um, pretty incredible what he did tonight. Let's go ahead, Craig. And how about with Josh? Was that a situation where you're going to go multiple innings with him? Uh, not not likely. But I, I it was the inning for Josh. I mean, we had to we had to put him on. We had to get him on the. He had to pitch in the game. Um, and it was the right part of the lineup for him to pitch to, and you know it was our best against their best. And then you're, you're never gonna, you know, I don't think you regret having that situation. That's that's how it works. That's how the game works. That's how it's supposed to work. Dave, Craig, you've uh, seen Freddie Freeman for several years now. What have you thought about him as a player and as a, how he's developed over the years as a hitter? Yeah, I mean, I, well, the number one thing that, I mean, I admire his hitting ability. The number one thing that I've always admired the most is that he's, he plays every single day. Um, that's the thing I've always admired about him the most. Um, you know, we know he's, he's, he's dangerous, and, and frankly, we did, we did a pretty good job with him this series. And, and you know, and, but that's, that's a great hitter. Well. Hey Craig, you got a uh, runner on in the, that last inning for the top of the order, but uh, failed to score there. Just what did you make of the struggles of you know the first couple of guys in your order, and particularly with Christian Yelich in this series? Yeah, 
I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was a tough series for a couple guys. We, they just, we had a couple guys that just didn't get going. Um, you know, it was going to be a tough series a little bit for some of our left-handed hitters with, with uh, you know, the way they lined up. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's it's 12 at-bats or 13 at-bats, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a small sample. That's what these playoff series are about. It's, it's you know, you don't get many opportunities. And um, they, they pitched. They pitched really well too. I mean, I, I give them credit. For, I tip my cap to them. They they pitched awesome. Zach, go ahead. Craig, those middle innings, uh, those high stress innings, margins very thin, and, and Luis makes three inning inning plays. Just how huge were those plays in the moment? And, and you know, just keeping you guys, keeping the game tied, and keeping you guys, you know, swing away. Yeah, I mean, he, he Luis had a really nice night at third base. I thought the. And the, the one that obviously the play that uh, Swanson was an incredible play. Um, I, I don't know the the play that following inning the bad hop. I don't know if you guys saw that ball take a bad hop, but definitely took a bad hop and, and made an incredible play. And then the play charging and the following. I mean, it was a number of really really nice plays. Um, it, was, it was a special night over there for him. To the left. And Craig, what was your message to the team after the game and? If I can add, how will you reflect on this season in what it was? Yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, you know, I mean, I think, look, I mean, in the moment right now, we're all really disappointed. I mean, there's, there's you know, and it's hard to get past the disappointment right now, sitting here right now. Um, it, it just is. Um, but you know, I mean, I, I think in the end, you know, we, we have we had big goals. We we didn't quite get there. Um, but you win 95 games. It, it's a special group, and they they did accomplish some special things. It's manager Craig Council. It was. It was a special group. Um... Be disappointed about the finish. They underachieved in the postseason. They underachieved in the postseason. They should still be playing. They should have won this series. They are a better team than the Atlanta Braves. I that does you play 162 games. The regular season in baseball means more than any other sports regular season, and you applaud the Brewers for what they accomplished in the regular season. All right, we got to do it. How did it all go down? We'll play the highlights from this one. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of here! Go! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. 5-4. Braves over the Brewers, ending the Brewers season in the NLDS. Starting pitching matchup tonight, Eric Lauer going for the crew. Charlie Morton starting on short rest for the Braves. Looked like the Brewers had something going in the first inning. Colton Wong is hit by a pitch, then Willie Adamas gets a base hit. So the Brewers get the first two on. Runners on at first and second for Christian Yelich. And for Yelich, swing and a miss. Struck him out. That fastball, 98. Avisao Garcia then has a ground out that moves the runners to second and third respectively. That's the second out of the inning. It brings up Rowdy Telez. The pitch. Hey, struck him out. Wow. Right back to that breaking ball. Down. And Telez went after it. 
He strikes out a pair to get out of that jam. So the Brewers cannot get a run across in the first inning, and both starting pitchers kind of settle in after that. No more than one hit given up by any pitcher until we get to the top of the fourth inning, leading things off for the Brewers of Isael Garcia. Swaying a bullet in the left of base set. First pitch fastball and an ambush from Avi Garcia, just his second hit in this postseason. Rowdy Telez then flies out with Luis Urias at the plate. The Brewers get a bit of a gift. Throw to first, and it goes down the right field line. Garcia gets up. He's headed for second. The throw from Freeman, not in time, and Garcia somehow able to stay on the second base bag. He was running so hard to second base and went in without a slide, and I don't know how his momentum was able to be held on that second base bag. Luis Urias then walks, so runners on at first and second for Omar Nervais. Here's the 2-2. Swing to line drive, left center, down base hit. Garcia's going to be sent around third. Here comes a throw from Heredia. It is not in time. Garcia's in, and the Brewers have the lead, 1-0 in the fourth inning. That ends the day for Charlie Morton. Jesse Chavez comes in. The first batter he faces is Lorenzo Kane. Swing and a line drive, base hit up the middle. That's going to score at least one as Narvaez holds at the last moment. Kane delivers. It's 2-0 Brewers. Yeah, so good start for the Brewers there in the fourth inning. They get uh, two runs across. However, the uh, Braves uh, end up uh, answering that in the bottom of the inning. Austin Riley leads the inning off with a base hit, then a very funky play after that as uh, Adam Duvall ends up doing this. Lauer kicks and throws home, and Duvall pops it up. Foul territory, Omar Narvaez sheds the mask, and making the catch on a dive is Luis Urias. The ball popped out of the glove of Omar Narvaez, and Urias was right there to scoop it up before it hit the dirt. Yeah, and on replay, he didn't catch it, but plays like that on the infield are not reviewable, which is a weird thing. So that uh, that creates an out for the Brewers. They get a break. Jock Peterson then pops out. Travis Darnaud then walks. So that moves Austin Riley to second, and then a hit by pitch to Guillermo Heredia. So the bases are loaded. At that point, the Braves announce pitch hitter Orlando Arcia, and the Brewers make a change. This is a big moment in the game. This is when Eric Lauer comes out, and Hunter Strickland ends up replacing him. The first battery faces is uh, Eddie Rosario. And the 0-2 pitch. Line drive, base hit, center field. One run scores. Here comes the second run as Kane's throw is cut off or tied. Yeah, so uh, that ties the game up, but Strickland would get out of the inning against Dansby Swanson. Here's the first pitch to Swanson. Swing a line drive. Picked up by Urias. Goes to second. Got the force out. Oh, my, what a play by Luis Urias. He took at least one run off the board on a dazzling play at the hot corner. Yeah, that was quite the play there, and it makes it a 2-2 game, or keeps it as a 2-2 game, I should say, as the game moves to the fifth inning. Brewers would take the lead once again. New pitcher is Wasker Enoa. First battery faces Christian Yelch. A tie game. Swinging a bullet off the glove of Freddie Freeman in the right field, and Yelich aboard. That ought to be a base hit. 
Yeah, it was. So uh, after Viseo Garcia strikes out, it brings up Rowdy Telez. Here it is, and Rowdy sends one in the air to center deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and gone for Rowdy Telez! And the Brewers back on top. He hit one out of here in the center and way out of here. And the Brewers right back on top. Rowdy Telez strikes again. Second postseason home run for Rowdy Telez. Brewers lead 4-2. Braves once again answer. New pitcher is Aaron Ashby. He strikes out Freddie Freeman but gives up a base hit to Ozzie Albies. Then Austin Riley walks. Runners on at first and second for Adam Duvall, who is hit by a pitch. Bases are loaded for Jock Peterson. Here he comes again. Peterson, big chopper, hit towards Stort. Urias goes to second with one, and Colton Wong's relay is going to be late. It was a slowly hit ground ball. The right thing for Urias to go to second. They got the force there. Yeah, so runners on at the corners for Travis Darnell. 2-1 delivery. Swing and a bullet hit to right. Past the diving Rowdy Telez. The tying run is in. Jock Peterson to third, and the Braves have tied it. 4-4 the score, headed to the sixth inning. Brewers go down quietly in the top of the sixth, bottom of the sixth inning. With two outs, Freddie Freeman gets a base hit. That brings up Ozzie Albies. Swing and a smash up the middle, a base hit. Freeman's going to dig for third, and he'll get in there easily. And uh, the Braves' sixth inning continues. And we may see Woodruff right now. Yeah, that's how it went. So that would be the end of the day for Ashby. Woodruff comes on, and he faces off against Austin Riley. Here it is. Swinging a jam job ground ball. Hit to Urias. He'll throw in time, and the inning is over. One pitch. Brandon Woodruff ends it, and we move to the seventh. Luke Jackson throws up a zero against the Brewers in the top of the seventh. Bottom of the seventh, Brandon Woodruff back out. Gives up a base hit to Adam Duvall, but then Jock Peterson grounds out. Duvall to second. Travis Darno strikes out for the second out of the inning, and it brings up the pinch hitter, William Contreras. Swinging a high chopper. Adamas charges. Fields throws. Telez scooped it up out at first. Great play by Willie Adamas. He had to wait for that ball to take one more bounce. And then he unleashed the howitzer to get it over to first base in time to get Contreras. Another zero put up by the Braves in the top half of the eighth inning. This time it is Tyler Matzik who uh, goes through Luis Urias, Luke Maley, and Lorenzo Kane. So we head to the bottom of the eighth inning. New pitcher into the contest is Josh Hader. First battery faces, Eddie Rosario strikes out swinging. Second battery faces, Dansby Swanson strikes out swinging. And that brings up Freddie Freeman. Swing and a drive into left center, deep, warning track, gone for Freddie Freeman. He just hit one out of here to give the Braves a 5-4 lead. So we go to the ninth inning. Brewers need a run to tie, and they are facing off against a former Brewer in Will Smith. Eduardo Escobar comes up as a pinch hitter. He gets a base hit, so a good start to the inning for the Brewers. The next hitter is Colton Wong. The pitch, bunting in the air and caught 
by Travis Garno. Colton Wong with that left side wide open was trying to lay one down. Yeah, he was, and the bunt does not work. That's the first out of the inning. Next hitter is Willie Adamas. Here it is. Hey, struck him out swinging. There's that nasty slider from Will Smith. He doesn't make too many mistakes with it. That one down and in on Willie Adamas. And a huge strikeout. So Christian Yelich representing the final hope for the Brewers in the ninth. 5-4 Atlanta leads. Smith deals. Strike three looking. And this one is over. The Atlanta Braves riding the home run bat of Freddie Freeman and the closing of Will Smith make it stand up. Final tonight. Braves five. Brewers four. Atlanta is moving on. Yeah, they take the series three games to one, winning totals for Atlanta, five runs, 11 hits, one air, they leave 10 for the Brewers, four runs, eight hits, no airs, they leave eight. Winning pitcher Tyler Matzik, he is 1-0 in the postseason, the loss goes to Josh Hader, his first decision, Will Smith gets the save, his third, he picked up the save in all three of the wins for the Braves in the series. Home runs, Freddie Freeman hitting his first of the playoffs, Rowdy Telez, he hits his second, the game lasting three hours and 53 minutes, played in front of a crowd of 40,195 folks at Truist Park. Brewers lose to Atlanta by a 5-4 score. They lose the series three games to one. One final break. We will come back, and we will put the final touches on this year's editions of Brewers Extra Innings. That is next here on WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studio. This is News Radio WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and sponsored by Boucher Automotive, Town Bank, a Wintrust Community Bank, and Delta Dental, Wisconsin's number one dental plan on WTMJ. Tell you what, these next three minutes or so are three of my least favorite minutes every year. I love doing this show. Man, I love doing this show. I hate it when the season comes to an end. It's even worse when the season comes to an end with a very disappointing finish to the season. Incredibly, incredibly disappointing finish. Brewers are a better team than the Braves. They didn't show it in this series, and the Brewers' season is over, and the Braves are continuing on. You give credit where credit's due. The Braves uh, had, a, had a really nice performance here over these last few days. But it ends the season, and here we are into the final segment of uh, this year's editions of uh, Brewers Extra Innings. We still have a few things this week. Uh, Brew October Nightly, we're going to do one more of those coming up tomorrow. Uh, myself, I don't know if Brian D and Greg Matzik. I don't know who's all going. I'm going to be there. That's I, I know that. Not sure who else will be there, but uh, our our cast will be there in some form or fashion coming up tomorrow from six to seven. We'll have a uh, Brewers Weekly on Thursday, I believe. I don't think the Bucks have a preseason game. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but we'll still have Brewers Weekly uh, on Thursday nights from uh, eight o'clock to nine o'clock uh, when there's not Bucks basketball. So uh, we'll certainly have that during the uh, off season as well. 
a bunch of thank yous. I always forget people that I, that I need to thank when I'm doing this. I should write it down. Um, want to mention the Brewers' uh, public relations staff, uh, led by Mike Vassallo with also uh, Andrew Grumman and Jack Eidelberg. want to mention Ken Spindler, who's the head of uh, broadcasting for uh, the Brewers as well, for uh, all of their help. Obviously, the Brewers' network broadcast team with uh, Bob Euchre, Jeff Levering, Lane Grindle, and uh, Kent Sommerfeld. Uh, just want to mention the producers at the station, led by the guys back at the station right now, Greg Hill, who's my weeknight producer and who I could not – I. I am so blessed to have him as a guy to work with, uh, a guy who is a very, very close friend and challenges me in creative ways, which is a good thing, and love having Greg. Uh, all of our other producers that have uh, contributed as well, Evan generally works on the weekends. I've, we've had other people who have uh, been in and out throughout the course of the year, and we have such a, a talented group at WTMJ where it really doesn't matter who's back there. The job always gets uh, done. Ah, and now, uh, now that's it. That is it for uh, for this year. And a lot of optimism going into next year. Brewers will have these pitchers back. That's the big thing. You hope that they can put together a little bit more of a consistent offense. Uh, the the pitching is there, and you can't waste the competitive window that the Brewers have right now because of the pitching that you have. So, uh, yeah, it's up to them to make sure that the offense can be a little bit more consistent than it was in the postseason this year. All right, that's it. That is it. Brewers lose in the NLDS to the Atlanta Braves. Talk to you tomorrow from 6 to 7 for Brew October Nightly. Thank you so much for being involved this year. I love you all. Whether you agree with me or disagree with me, thank you for being tuned in, and we'll talk to you again real soon.